It's time for each of us to grow our understanding that God not only desires to forgive us of our sins, but that he also desires to heal us of our diseases. Yes, the debate between people's opinions about this may go on and on and on about the subject, but the issue is clear and settled in the Bible. Welcome to the Be Healed Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and I'm always excited to speak about the realities that God desires to heal our bodies. We've been seeing miracles for quite a while, healings and breakthroughs in people that are nothing short of exciting because they confirm God's word with accompanying signs, just like it says in the Gospel of Mark. Well, I want to welcome you if this is your first time joining the listening family, and I want you to know that the Be Healed podcast is essentially a building library of teachings and interviews, all meant to build up your faith in God's word to receive healing. I encourage you to follow the podcast, share it with a friend, and we're offering our new ebook called Breakthrough. It covers seven things to do to break out of a spiritual slump. It'll be a blessing to you spiritually, and all you have to do to get it is type healing to 94,000 in your texting application. Just type the text healing to 94,000. You would put 94,000 where you normally put the phone number, and it'll walk you through a couple of questions, and you'll be able to get the PDF emailed to you. Well, let's get ready to listen to part two of Why Forgiveness Provides Healing. In part one of Why Forgiveness Produces Healing, we covered the realities that sin released sickness and disease into the world, and that sin separated us from the Father. We also covered the awesome grace and reality that Jesus Christ was sent to the earth to die on the cross so we can be forgiven and our relationship could be restored to the Father. In addition, we covered the reality that this work of Jesus Christ on the cross doesn't just impact the forgiveness of our sins, but it also provides for the healing of our bodies. And it is a reality that we can both expect and should anticipate and believe God, not only for spiritual blessings, but for physical blessings in our body. Today, we're going to see some Old and New Testament examples to demonstrate in the Word of God that forgiveness and healing are indeed linked together and should never be separated. So This is very, very important information because we need to go into the totality of God's Word, not just a couple of verses, but to look at patterns and principles and types throughout the Word of God that all demonstrate that we should expect and receive faith to be healed. Now, the topic and issue that we're going to focus on today to illustrate this is called atonement. Now, I know a lot of people understand the word forgiveness, but they may not understand the word atonement. And according to the Lexham Bible Dictionary, atonement is the process by which two Typically, estranged parties are made at one with each other. It's the restoration of a relationship, in other words. It goes on to describe that the Hebrew word for atone, kafar, uh, also conveys the idea of covering, uh, both in the sense of covering to hide something or someone. Um, It's the idea of not charging somebody with an offense or penalty. 
And in the Bible, atonement is a very deep concept that runs through uh, the entirety of Scripture. And it describes basically that there's a sacrifice that is offered in order to create atonement. In other words, it, it is not just a emotional kindness that God says, I'll forgive you, but rather it's a covenantal transaction that says, this sacrifice has been offered, therefore the sins have been paid for, and now there is a ability to have the relationship restored. Now, normally in the Bible, the sacrifice needed to be an unblemished animal, uh, although this was not always the case. So this idea of atonement in the scripture is vitally important because it's at the very center of understanding forgiveness. And some of the words that we may see in the New Testament um, to convey the idea of atonement is a ransom paid, the propitiation, which means the payment, uh, the sacrifice of Jesus, uh, also the word reconciliation that the Apostle Paul described that he had the ministry of reconciliation. And they all describe that a payment has been offered, a sacrifice has been offered, and it results in the restoration of relationship. Now, also in the New Testament, it's very much understood that Jesus Christ's death is the ultimate sacrifice offered by God, that Jesus is the unblemished lamb. He's the sinless sacrifice of God the Father for our sins, and that it's Jesus Christ who is offered as a guilt offering for our sins, and that he is the one who made the atonement or paid the price for us to be forgiven. We can see this in Mark chapter 10 in verse 45. It says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man here is speaking about Jesus Christ, and he gave his life for us to be reunited. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11, it says, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Well, again, that's speaking about Jesus Christ, and he was offered as one sacrifice for sins forever. And so we see very clearly that this idea in the Old Testament of payment being made for sins, providing the atonement, the restoration of relationship, and the covering of sin is exemplified and demonstrated by Jesus. In fact, all of the Old Testament is foretelling Jesus. It's letting us know that the Messiah is coming to be that propitiation or that payment that's going to provide for our atonement or forgiveness. Okay, so now let's go to the Old Testament to see the very heart of this issue of atonement, because we can find it in the book of Exodus during the time when the Israelites were in bondage to Egypt. 
and God was preparing them to be released from Egypt, and he institutes something called the Passover. I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 12, verse 3. It says, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Verse 7. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Okay, here's verse 8. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Right, verse 11. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, so shall you eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. It says in verse 12, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Verse 13, Now the blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Finally, verse 23, For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Wow, very powerful language. I took these uh, scriptural excerpts from uh, Exodus chapter 12 to give just a little bit of a picture of the Lord instituting the Passover. It all has to do with the atonement. It all has to do with having a unblemished, sinless sacrifice. It has to do with making a payment. It has to do with shedding the flesh and the blood of an animal so that the Israelites will be rescued and saved from the judgment of God upon Egypt. And you see this idea of the Passover meal, this idea that God is not going to see uh, their judgment, but he's going to see the blood. This is all a foreshadowing, all a picture of Jesus Christ. In fact, in Luke chapter 12, verse 14, it says, When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So this is such a powerful description in the Gospel of Luke that's literally demonstrating 
that Jesus Christ himself is the Passover lamb. It is God's lamb that's slain, and the blood and the body are offered for our forgiveness of sins. So what we see in the Old Testament, that there was a lamb and a Passover, we see in the New Testament, there was a lamb, Jesus Christ, and the Passover, the ultimate Passover meal that God is demonstrating, I'm being offered so that you can be forgiven. The Apostle Paul makes this really clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. He says, Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you are truly unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Now, that's where it explicitly describes Jesus Christ as our Passover. You see, Passover is not just an Old Testament idea. Passover is an idea that runs throughout the Bible. And it's exciting because we're seeing that Jesus Christ himself is the Lamb of God who's slain for our forgiveness. You see, Jesus is the one who was making atonement. And when Jesus made atonement for us, he was literally destroying the record of sin against us. And this is how we are able to receive forgiveness of sins. So now we've covered the idea of the atonement, and we've covered the idea that the Passover land that makes atonement is both an Old Testament and a New Testament idea. But here's where things get kind of exciting, because we know that the Passover has to do with the forgiveness of sins. It has to do with the restoration of relationship. But what we're going to see in the scriptures that I'm now about to read is that that Passover, both Old and New Testament, is not only for the forgiveness of sins, but demonstrates by principle and pattern that it's also for the healing of our bodies. Well, let's go back and take a look at Exodus and the idea that God delivered them from Egypt. So he gives them the Passover and the angel comes and destroys the firstborn of Pharaoh and all the, uh, all the beasts in the land. And now the nation of Israel is released from Egypt. And scholars believe that it was about 600,000 men. And then if you add women and children to that, you're easily at about 3 million people. Well, Psalm 105 says when they brought them out, they came out with silver and gold and all of them were made well. All right, let's take a look at the verse in verse 37. It says, he also brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among his tribes. Now, let's just think about this for a moment because this was a people that were enslaved. They were a people that were doing backbreaking work They were forced uh, with this hard labor. There were beatings. There were whippings. Uh, They were really just living as slaves. And you've got to think about the possible malnutrition, the poor diet of many, the age of many of them. But the Bible says that when they came out of Egypt, there was none feeble. You mean there were none weak? There were none injured? There were none sick? There were none who lacked any strength at all. What a powerful picture that when Jesus Christ delivered them out of bondage, out of the house of bondage, because of the Passover lamb, when they left to go into the promised land, they were indeed strong, healthy, and at peace. 
This can't happen naturally. This would not have happened naturally. This is a direct result of the idea of atonement and Passover. And you've got three million people now walking out of Egypt with silver and gold, and not one of them was weak. Let's look at another Old Testament example in Second Chronicles chapter 30 from verses 18 to 20. Uh, where we see that the Passover is also linked to healing. All right, it says, For a multitude of the people, many from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves, yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord provide atonement for everyone who prepares his heart to seek God the Lord God of his fathers, though he is not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And the Lord listened to Hezekiah and healed the people. All right, here we see again that the Passover was celebrated, but they didn't follow the proper protocol for the purification. And so Hezekiah intercedes for them and he specifically asks for atonement for everyone. It says in verse 18, may the good Lord provide atonement for everyone. Verse 20, and the Lord listened to Hezekiah and healed the people. Again, there's a direct link here between the atonement and the healing of the people. Let's look at another example of the link between the atonement, forgiveness, and healing. Psalm 103, verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Oh, I just personally love this text. It says that he forgives and heals. Psalm 103, verse 3, it says he forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. I don't believe that it's happenstance that those two things are put together in the context of Psalm 103. They're put together because they belong together, because they're linked together, because when God forgives our iniquities, he heals our diseases. He's healing us. Forgiveness, folks, is the work of God that restores us back to him, and he's making us whole. When forgiveness comes, we should not be broken. Forgiveness comes because of the atonement, and the atonement is restoring us. The atonement is restoring our relationship with God. All right, let's look at the New Testament now, and let's look at a direct link between forgiveness of sins and healing. This one is powerful. Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 speaks about a guy who's crippled. It says this, So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then, behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic son, Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. What did he do? He forgave his sins. Verse 3. And at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, 
or to say, Arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. What a powerful and clear example. It doesn't get clearer than this. The man has a physical problem. He's physically paralyzed. But Jesus says to him, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Yes, the atonement, the forgiveness of the sins has been released to him. And if the atonement, if the forgiveness has been released, then the healing, the physical healing has been released. Let me highlight this. The forgiveness of sins is spiritual, but the healing of his paralysis is physical. But Jesus says, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk. Could you imagine that the Son of God, this is not debatable. This is not questionable. Jesus himself said, your sins are forgiven you. He says it, and he says, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk. Jesus just said, What's easier to say, you're forgiven or you're healed? To Jesus, it's the same thing. This is why forgiveness and healing should never be separated by the atoning work of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This should settle the issue forever. This should just settle it in our hearts and minds that if Jesus Christ forgives us, then he heals us. But we need to receive it by faith. That's why I'm preaching it, teaching it, releasing it to you on this podcast, because we need to hear this text, whether it's the Passover in the book of Exodus, or it's Hezekiah praying for the atonement and God healing them in Second Chronicles, or it's David saying that God forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases, or it's Matthew with Jesus Christ himself, the King of Kings, saying what's easier to say, you are forgiven or healed. We now need to say, God, your word is clear. It is settled in heaven. It is finished that when you desire to forgive, you desire to heal. And so we can receive this today. We don't need to have a broken faith, a fragmented understanding. We don't need to be caught up in a debate. We can say, thank you, God. And that's a powerful thing. I'm no longer debating. I'm no longer questioning. I'm saying, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the atonement. Thank you for the Passover. Thank you that you say to me that I'm forgiven. Thank you that you can say to me, arise and walk, be healed. Praise God. Today is your day. Why don't you receive healing right now? It's going to happen, but it's going to happen by faith. It's through faith that we receive forgiveness of sins. It's through faith that we receive eternal life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that it's by grace, through faith, that we are saved. It's not of works. It's through faith. And healing is not of works. It's by grace through faith. Healing is a grace of God, and we access it through faith. So settle it in your heart to believe God for your healing. 
If you've believed him for your forgiveness of sins, then you can believe him for the healing of your body. Come on, let's receive it right now. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you that you have provided Jesus Christ, who is the Passover lamb, that he has created atonement for our sins, that through his sacrifice, we are forgiven of our sins, his blood, his body. Lord, we receive them for the forgiveness of our sins. But Lord, today we've learned that, Lord, it does more than just forgive us of our sins. It provides perfect restoration, and that means healing in our bodies. And Lord, we say thank you for the atonement of Jesus Christ. We say thank you for the forgiveness of our sins and the healing of our bodies. Lord, we receive it right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we receive healing for our bodies, healing for our minds, healing of skin disorders, of heart diseases, of different problems in the blood, Lord, of lung issues. Lord, we receive healing for every element, Lord, because you forgive every sin We receive healing for every element. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, Lord, the listener, whoever they may be, wherever in the world they may live, that right now they shall be healed in the name of Jesus. This is your time. Please receive Jesus Christ as the Son of God, because if you desire to be healed, you need to be forgiven of your sins. And to be forgiven of your sins, you must receive Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Believe that God has raised him from the dead on the third day. Receive the forgiveness of your sins by believing this. Salvation, getting to heaven, making sure that we don't spend eternity in hell because of sin is the most important miracle to receive. Because when we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, when we put our heart's trust in Him, when we believe His work on the cross and receive eternal life, this is the greatest miracle of all. It's a miracle that Jesus died for us when we were still yet sinners. And it's the most important thing to receive, the forgiveness of sins for eternal life that we will spend eternity with God in the heavenlies forever and ever. And when we receive that forgiveness, when we receive and accept that Jesus Christ is not just a prophet, not just a teacher, but that he indeed is the Son of God, we pass from death to life, and we pass from being under the power of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son. That's in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Yes, we pass from the devil's grip into the hand of God. We pass from being sinners to being made blood-washed saints. We pass from being sick, burdened people to being healed, blessed sons and daughters of Father God. Oh, I pray that you receive it right now. And I declare in your body to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I pray you've been blessed by 
this episode today of the Be Healed podcast. Send us your testimony. You can do that by sending an email to contact at everyhousenow.org. We'd be excited to hear from you. If you have questions, if you have requested topics, send them to us. Hey, make sure you check out our TV program, The Miraculous Life. You can see former episodes on my YouTube channel. Just type my name or The Miraculous Life. You'll find it there on YouTube. God bless you. We love you. And I look forward to speaking with you next week. Thank you for listening to the Behold podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett. And you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.